This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, here's to a fabulous publishing and writing day, week to all of you. But I have a question for you. Have you ever seen the careers of of individuals uh, like Simon Sink or uh, Brittany Brown or Amy Cuddy or Sir Ken Robinson literally soar after they delivered a short talk, 15, 20 minutes, a TED Talk? It's a brilliant 10 or 20 minute presentation, and it's one of the quickest ways to catapult, and I mean stratosphere, your career or your expertise or an agenda uh, to take your message or movement to another level and go viral that you've never even imagined. So what we're going to talk about today is how to create that TED Talk, how to generate ideas about it, and how really you can expand that into a full-pledged regular keynote or workshop or take it from one that you're currently doing. There's a lot of specific items and essentials that go into redesigning that, and we have a phenomenal expert with us today to guide us through that point. Sam Horn is someone who I've known for uh, decades, let's say decades, Sam, and she's she's a TEDx speaker, she's an intrigue expert, she is the author of a couple of my favorite books, one including Pop um, and Tongue Fu, I always love Tongue Fu, she helps people create one-of-a-kind brands, books, presentations, and pitches that really scale the influence for the greater good. Clients have included NASA, National Geographic, Boeing, Intel, Cisco, KMPG, just a few that roll off the uh, nightly, kind of nightly commercials you see on TV. Her work's also been included in Forbes and the New York Times, and many of her books have been bestsellers. So with that, I just want to jump in. Sam Horm, welcome to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Thanks, Judith. I've really been looking forward to sharing some ideas with your listeners. Yep, and here we go. So, really, we're we're really we're talking about uh, your long view on short talks and how they, <laughs> which is a great it's a great title. How 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 do they really think about um, maybe even contacting a TED? What what involves all that? When do you know when you're ready? Um, and all that variable. So let's kind of just kind of jump into it. How did you get involved with TED Talks? You know, one of, um, you may know Haley Foster. Uh, I do. And her husband, yeah, well, Haley and her husband, Steve Kraft, uh, wanted to start TEDx NASA. And mm-hmm. uh, they knew that I'd run the Maui Writers Conference for 17 years. And so they asked if I might have any ideas on how to organize this and how to MC it. So I ended up uh, working with them, MC that first TEDx NASA 
I've given a couple of uh, TEDx talks myself. And most importantly for our listeners, what I've realized is that if we're an author, what do we want? We want our message to reach as many people as possible. And that means we need to diversify because we're not just authors, we're entrepreneurs. And to the degree we are able to speak, whether it's for our local Rotary Club or Chamber of Commerce or South by Southwest or TED, is to the degree we scale our message and our mission and our movement. And TED Talks are one of the best ways to do that. I've had the privilege of working with dozens of people on their high-stakes talks, whether it is South by Southwest or TED or the United Nations or uh, Wisdom 2.0, and we're going to share with your listeners how they can do that today. Well, that's exciting because I think, uh, you know, everyone, we should never say everyone, it's almost like my fourth grade teacher, Sam, who, who I still quote Mrs. Russell, do not use the words always and never. You will eat them every time. <laughs> so so maybe, maybe everyone goes into that area, <laughs> that area too. Um, so so where, where do you start on that? Because, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, uh, have certainly heard of TED, but they haven't heard of some of these other variables that, that are offshoots of some sort that, you know, that you've already referred to. Judith, I'm so glad you said that because absolutely we're going to talk about how you, uh, like a number of my clients, can give a TED Talk that goes global that actually, uh, in, you know, sets you up as a thought leader on your topic. So the media is calling you to interview you about your topic, you know, that you're getting paid speaking opportunities, that it leads to other book contracts. So that's the long view or the long game. However, I don't care if you live in a small town. I don't care if you've not spoken before. I don't care if you're afraid to get up in front of a group and share your message. If you have written a book, if you have EEE, experience, expertise, or epiphanies that would add value for others, then you not only have a right to speak, you almost have a responsibility to speak. If you have insights or lessons learned or a story, that would make a positive difference for others, then the ball is in your court to to step up and speak up. And uh, let's jump right into how we can uh, shape a TED Talk. Sound good? It sounds perfect to me. I mean, I you know, I love that. And, and also, Sam, let's all, uh, mention some of the other variables um, that are mm-hmm. like TED out there that a lot of people just really don't know about. Good. Well, uh, first, I hope that people have pen and paper in hand, unless you're listening to Judith's podcast while you're driving or something, please. You're a writer. And in 17 years of emceeing the Maui Writers Conference, which was the best writers conference at the time, it was kind of like what can is to the publishing industry or to the film industry. We were to the publishing industry. All of our best-selling authors, whether it was Frank McCourt of Angela's Ashes or Mitch Album of Tuesdays with Maury, They didn't agree on anything except this, ink it when you think it. So I'm going to share some of my best practices that really can make a difference for you. So hopefully get some pen and paper. I'm going to share some of my techniques that really can get results for you. So right now, just on your piece of paper, please put nine C's, okay? So it's C, C, the letter C. And I'm going to give you specific ways that you can shape 
a talk. And now, once again, it'd be great if you can get a TEDx talk. It doesn't have to be a TEDx talk. It can be for your local Kiwanis Club. It can be for your local, um, you know, B&I group. And our goal, though, is to crystallize your book, which may be 200 pages or more, into a 10 or 15-minute talk. So that when you are, oh, you wrote a book, can you uh, do a book signing for us? Or are you, can you be part of our book club? Or will you speak for your association? Or will you speak at your industry conference? Your answer is yes, because you have crafted a talk. You've distilled your information or your insights or your stories into something that's ready to go. Okay? Perfect. Okay. First C on the left is congruent. And when I say congruent is that the goal for this talk is to set up your business for the next two or three years. If you do a good job on this talk, people are going to walk up to you afterwards and say, wow, our company needs that, or oh, our association needs that, or would you come, or do you work with people? So see, if you want a pipeline of business after this talk, it better be congruent with your goals. Here's a goal. Here's a good example. A corporate executive, a female, had been horrifically bullied in her job. She was the CFO and the, the CEO really saw her as a threat to him. So he actively sabotaged her career. He really mistreated her in ways that were just beyond the pale. Well, she finally quit and she wanted to write about that experience so other people could learn from her lessons learned and she could save them some trial and terror learning. And she was offered a TEDx talk. But Judith, here's the question. I said, is this how you want to spend the next two or three years of your life? (laughs) You know, hearing everyone's bully story, reliving your bully story, hearing really the dark side of what it's like to deal with a toxic person. And she realized that she'd had enough of that. And yes, she did have valuable insights to share but she did not want her next two or three years to look at that. So now we got proactive and we said yes to the TED talk, but Ted, I need to differentiate. TED is different than TEDx. TED is once a year on the main stage in Vancouver and TEDx's, there are more than 800 of them, are given in almost every major city around the world. So she was offered a TEDx. I said though, instead of making it about bullying, which is going to put baby in a corner and position you as the bully expert, which is not congruent with your life goals, what would you like to speak on? What would put the light on in your eyes? What expertise do you have that's more proactive? And we positioned her as an expert for women speaking up and being more assertive at work and asking for what they want instead of, hoping that people will give it to them or being passive when people mistreat them. So see, that positioned her for what she did want instead of what she didn't want. And I hope every single person listening to this asks, what is a topic that would be congruent Mm -hmm. with what I want to do for the next three or five years? I've got to add to that because yeah, we have one minute to our break, but that it's mm-hmm. critical to really understand where you want to go with these things, with, with anything you're mm-hmm. doing, period. And it, it's like, Sam, where people come to me and say, well, for years, you know, I've spoke on the platform for over 35 years. I want to be a speaker just like you. What should I speak about? Really? 
really, <laughs> you know, where where is your passion? Where is your vision? Where's your heart? Where's your commitment? All those things have got to come into play, and that all ties in with this critical component that you're you're really kicking this off with one of the your nine C's being congruent. Um, and I, I can't make you congruent, you know, and come up with your idea or yours. You, you, we can, we can twist it, but you got to know where your heart and soul is, uh, period. So with that, let's, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. Sam Horn is with us today. We're talking about how to be a rock star in is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create develop and publish your book without being good if you already have a book out You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has possessed punch and panache author you is for you if you're a hobbyist or a casual author it's not join author you today through its website at author follow author you on twitter at author you and on facebook at author you where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily author you where the author goes to become seriously successful Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Alrighty, we're with Sam Horn and we're talking about how to really create what goes into a TED Talk 
or really, frankly, Sam, I really believe it's what goes into every talk as you go through your list here, where number one, you start with being congruent, um, and then we're going to jump into what your next C is on the list. You're right, Judith. In fact, this also makes for a good book. So if you're in the process Mm -hmm. of writing a book, use my nine C's as a checklist because it really is, it's like a shortcut to your success of a book that's just going to work on every level and a talk. So we just talked about C, congruent, and making sure that this talk that we're composing is congruent with our body of work, what we're bringing to the table, and our next two or three years because if we do a good job, we are going to be asked to speak on it it is going to set up a pipeline of business on that topic. So our next C is context. I think it's really important to give context to our content. Now, many of us have been taught to start with why. Um, and I, I agree, that's a good way to start. Guess what? I think there's even a better way to start. Because if we start our talk with why, why I speak about this is I want to make a difference. Well, that can be generic, and we don't want to be generic. We want to be genius. So I believe start with where. Now, here's an example of what I mean. Uh, Client Marilyn King is a two-time Olympian, and yet she wasn't getting much traction for her talk, and she wasn't getting a yes to her submissions to TEDx's. And so the thing is, is like think about Olympian thinking. You're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Maslow said that if you're down there in survival needs, if, if you can't pay your bills or if you're going through a divorce or if you work for a boss you hate, you can't think about Olympian thinking. That's self-actualization. That is so far up the pyramid, it's just not on your radar. So I said, Marilyn, start with where. Where did you start your career? Put me in the scene of where this all began. Mm-hmm. Well, she said, you know, Sam, I grew up swimming, and uh, we didn't have much money, so I swam I, I swept for the Y. And we always swam against the country club teams, and I was so tall and lanky, the kids always teased me. I hated it. Then one day, I won all my races, and they turned around and tried to recruit me. She said, it left such a sour taste in my life, in my mouth. I went home. I told my mom I quit. She said, you can quit as long as you pick up another sport. Well, she said, I tried track, and at my first meet, I'm getting ready for an event. The announcer comes on and says, we're holding the East Coast Championship for the pentathlon. We only have two contestants. We need three to make it official. Would anyone here like to volunteer? She looked at her coach. She didn't even know what the events were in the pentathlon. She said, the worst I can do is be third on the East Coast. So she tried it. She loved it. Now, there were no coaches for pentathlon back then. She found an abandoned track by her house. She started training at night. She realizes she's never going to get better training at night. She gets a dog. She trains the dog to race with her. Judith, you cannot make this stuff up. She has pictures. I said, Marilyn, that's the best wear story I've ever heard. And Judith, do you know what she said? That's only the fourth time I've ever told that story. My first speech coach counted my ums and told me that stories were fluff and had no business in business presentations. And I now I'm going to cut to the chase. That is a where backstory. Mm-hmm. And folks, if you start your talk by putting where, 
putting people where it all began, where you became a person on a mission, where you have this aha, that is when they start to care is when they know where. Yeah, I'm a big believer in where, and I think you and I shared the same experience when we watched the big Oprah speech uh, that she did when she accepted the uh, lifetime at the Golden Globes, Golden and she, Globes. Took us, yeah. she took us to where we, we were there with her on the kitchen floor. In fact, I was envisioning it probably black squares on that floor, and as she was watching um, uh, the, the, the first... Yes, City Portier winning the first Oscar for a black black person, a black man, mm-hmm. black man. I guess it yeah. was because Haiti Haiti won it for um, uh, supporting for Gone with the Wind. If you remember a zillion years ago, but that was Oprah's mm-hmm. where that was her where, mm-hmm. and that's how she started it. And everyone, when you when you do the where, I because I do wares a lot in my talking too. When you do the wares. You take them there with you, and then and they they're joined at the hip, and it makes a huge difference in the takeaways. Mm-hmm. You're 100 percent right. You remember, she used one word, linoleum. Yes, <laughs> and, linoleum. Mm-hmm. And you and Judith is that this is one of the secret sauce of a great talk. Do not start with preliminaries. Do not start with perfunctory remarks. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you to the meeting planner. Uh-huh. That makes us a bore, snore, or chore. Instead, jump into your wear story. People's eyebrows will go up. It's original. It's organic. It's intriguing. And now you have people at hello. If you start with wear, people will start to care. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm ready for number three, C. Okay. Next one is clear. And uh, Gary Marshall, uh, the director of Pretty Woman, was one of our favorite uh, speakers at Maui Writers Conference. He said something so profound, I remember it as if it were yesterday. He said that Hollywood directors can predict when their movies will make money. And it depends on this. Do people walk out of the theater repeating something they heard word for word? Because see, if they walk out saying, make my day or I'll be back or show me the money, when people say, seen any good movies lately? They're talking about your movie, and they're being an ambassador for it. They're actually selling your movie for you because they can repeat something that was said with enthusiasm. So, see, my, my, my call to everyone on our call today is, what is your repeatable, retreatable rally cry? What are you going to say that every single person in the audience and on the online audience can repeat it after hearing it once. You want one of my favorite stories of this, Judith? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping that people know who Neil Gaiman is, G-A-I-M-A-N. He's a great sci-fi fantasy writer. Well, Neil Gaiman was giving a short talk. It was a commencement talk at the Institute for the Arts in Pennsylvania. Now, it's a smaller college, so there were only a few hundred people in the audience. And he's talking about his career and his lessons learned. And he said when his first book, Sandman, came out, that Stephen King got in touch and said, this is a brilliant book. You are going to have an incredible career. Enjoy the ride. Now, Neil Gaiman was smart. He did one of the keys to a great small talk is he went see contrarian. He went counterintuitive. Instead of being obvious and sharing a low-hanging fruit answer, he said something that surprised everyone. He said, I promptly went out 
and ignored that advice for 17 years. And I got angry at my publisher for the print run, and I resented the reviewers when they picked it. And he said, I finally asked myself, what can I control? What can I control? And he said three words, make good art. Make good art. Judith, that talk went viral overnight. It's now been seen by millions of people. Now remember, we're talking about scaling your visibility, scaling the reach of your message. A talk that was only going to go to hundreds of people went viral and has been seen of millions of people because he had a three-word rally cry that resonated with people that they could repeat. It became a best-selling book for grads. It helped him jump the genre. Now, when I say jump the genre, you may be a nonfiction uh, writer, but now you're appealing to people who never read nonfiction. You may be, as in his case, a sci-fi a fiction writer, and you jump the genre, and now you're writing a best-selling book for grads. So see, when you have a rally cry that is repeatable, that is retweetable, then people will repeat it, they will retweet it, they are taking you viral, and now your talk is not just being heard by a few dozen or a few hundred or a few thousand, it's being heard and seen by millions. Which is huge, and and of course that's a fantasy, Sam, as you know of many, to to get those million followers. But I I think what what we're really talking about is we're talking about the steps to make those things happen. That's what that's that's what exactly we're, right. Yeah, they're babies. And steps. and by the way, you know, Judith, what you're saying is so important. I mean, believe me, I've you and I have both had the privilege of speaking around the world, of helping people create presentations and books that have been published or heard or seen around the world. And I'm telling you, if you don't do these things, nothing will happen. Because see, if people walk out of our talk and they can't repeat anything they heard, we're out of sight, out of mind. I mean, we are, (laughs) that means it didn't impact them in any enduring way. And that means it won't impact us in any enduring way. So believe me, these are distilled best practices after working with thousands of people over the years of what works and what doesn't. Exactly. All right, so we have one minute to go, and I'm just going to do an add-in to our next break. But, you know, I, I, we, you just don't uh, understand. A lot of people don't get the impact that they will have just with a couple of those very clear words. Um, besides outside of being the repeatable, retrievable, sometimes those words were just meant for one person. And I'll never forget the time, Sam, that I had left an event in Vancouver, Washington, and uh, one of the attendees had folded up a little note and tucked it underneath my computer, and I read it later, and she and it started off, today was going to be the last day of my life, and I just thought I had nothing better to do, so I'd come hear you. You were speaking at our hospital. She had planned on committing suicide. And whatever I said to connect with her decided that she's coming back, and she's not. You you just don't know what with those that being congruent, the context and clarity can make a difference. We're going to be right back. Sam Horn is with us today. It's all through you. You're going to be publishing.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need. Need to maximize your book's potential, color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
All right. We've learned we need to be congruent. We not, must have context. We want to be clear and come along with some repeatable lines that will be that rallying cry. Sam Horn is our guide for this session of Author You, your guide to book publishing. And we're ready for our next C, Sam. You bet. We're going to talk about how to have a compelling 60 seconds and uh, like about a 90-second backstory for this, aware story for this, and then we'll go into how people can do it. It's um, uh, the very first year we had the Maui Writers Conference, we had 10-minute pitch sessions where Mm -hmm. you had a chance to sit across the table from like the top people in the in the industry you could pitch your your novel to the head of Doubleday you could pitch your screenplay to Ron Howard guess what no one knew how to pitch it was like mm-hmm. wah 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 they talked themselves out of the deal and I talked to Bob Loomis that night who is the senior editor at Random House I said Bob what's going on he said Sam we've seen thousands of proposals we make up our mind in the first 60 seconds whether we're interested. And that next day, I sat in the back of the room. I could see who was going to get a deal based on one thing. And this is out with, without hearing a word being said. Based on the decision maker's eyebrows. See, if their eyebrows were crunched up, it meant they were confused. And confused people don't say yes, and they don't keep listening. If their eyebrows were unmoved, it meant they were unmoved or they'd had Botox. If their eyebrows were up, just try it right now. Lift your eyebrows. You feel intrigued, curious, like you want to know more? Our goal is to get our listeners' eyebrows up in the first 60 seconds with a compelling opening. Now, here's how you do it. Another quick story and then the steps to how to have a compelling 60-second intro that gets (laughs) digital devices down and eyebrows up. It's, uh, you may know I'm the pitch coach for Springboard Enterprises. We've helped uh, women entrepreneurs get $8.8 billion in funding. This is Robin Chase of Zipcar, Gail Goodman of Constant Contact. One of my clients said, Sam, I'm speaking in front of the Paley Center. She said, everyone in the room has the money to fund my business. I said, that's great news. She said, well, I've got bad news. I said, bad news? She said, I've only got 10 minutes and I'm going at 2.30 in the afternoon. She said, you can't say anything in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, Kathleen, you don't have 10 minutes. You have 60 seconds. seconds yeah. Well, here's the 60-second opening that got everyone's eyebrows up and that helped her win Business Week's Most Promising Entrepreneur of 2010. Love it. Did you know, did you know there are 1.8 billion vaccinations given every year? Did you know up to half of those are given with reused needles? Did you know we're spreading? Yeah, uh, that's exactly the reaction we want, Judith. Did you know we're spreading and perpetuating the very diseases we're trying to prevent? Imagine if there were a painless one-use needle for a fraction of the current cost. Well, you don't have to imagine it. We've created it. Now she's off and running. Now, by the way, that opening... It's featured in my TEDx talk. You can Google it if you want. And here's how you can do it. Do not start your talk with an explanation. If you you try and explain your idea or the problem, that's infobesity. She used to try and explain her business, which is PharmaJet, as it's a medical delivery device for subcutaneous inoculations. A what? 
We're already out of there. Instead, start with three did you know questions that go to the need that you're filling or the problem you're solving or the issue you're addressing. Then use the word imagine. Imagine this and this and this and paint the best case scenario of what it is you're proposing, of what it is you're suggesting, of what it is you've discovered. And then bridge, you don't have to imagine it. In our 10 minutes today or in our 12 minutes today, you're going to learn exactly how or you're going to find out and you see how in 60 seconds you have turned a monologue into a dialogue. You have gotten people's eyebrows up. So even if they were distracted or busy <laughs> or skeptical, they're intrigued. And you already have a promise that in this talk it's going to be worth listening because they're going to hear something that they already have decided. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Uh, sign me up. Sign me up. All right. That's a great story. Excellent. And it's a great example. And I would encourage everyone to Google Sam Horn's TEDx talk and watch a pro at work. All right, Sam, what's our next C? The next one is is a conflict. And um, the head of Barrett Kohler is, uh, said he has one criteria, well, his top criteria for publishing a book. And guess what it is? Conflict has what's to have conflict in it. Yeah, that's right. It's what's the shift? Because mm-hmm. see, I know I know you work with both fiction and nonfiction people, mm-hmm. Judith. And the thing is, is that it's not enough to tell our story. There has to be a shift. It's not enough to share our ideas. There have to be ahas. Now I'm going to say that one more time. It's not enough to tell our story. There has to be a shift. What is different? What did people stop or start or do differently as a result of this? And it's not enough to share our ideas. A short talk, a TEDx talk, a South by Southwest talk is not do this, do this, do this. That's predictable. They can find that online. No, what is the aha? What is the unexpected, the conflict where we had, where we we ran into adversity that we were able to um, triumph over? Because if it doesn't have that shift, in a way, it's just a same old, same old. And once again, it's infobesity. They can find online what they're looking for you, why they will be better for you, why will they would tell people about you. If I walked into that talk believing this, I walked out of that talk understanding this. I walked into this talk convinced that this was the case. I heard something new. I heard something eye-opening. And now... I am better for it. That's the conflict. That's the shift. Mm-hmm, I love that. So we all we all need to be shift makers. <laughs> and do we have time for a quick story of that? Sure. Okay. I was working with Paige Chenault. Paige Chenault is head of the Birthday Project. So now we were working. I believe every great talk has conflict. So I was saying, when did you have a dark night of the soul? When did you question this? When did you perhaps lose faith in what you were doing? And she said, Sam, I can't think of anything. I said, Paige, this could come across as a goody two-shoes talk, as a Pollyanna talk, where people are listening to it and they're thinking, well, good for you. You know, I, I can't pay my bills and I can't, I can't sit here listening to the birthday project. 
So do you see how if we don't have conflict in our talk, if we're not addressing the naysayers or the skeptics or the cynics or the people who are down there in survival nodes or who don't agree with us or believe us, they are not buying in. We have to have what I call a cynic success story or we have to have that dark night of the soul where we put ourselves in the cynic's shoes and imagine, you know, if this weren't true. And so I kept asking her and finally she went like this and she said, oh, she said, one time I was at a business meeting and I was talking about the, the, the birthday project. And everyone was saying, what a great idea. Is it in all these cities? And can I bring it into my town? But there was this one guy standing there with his arms crossed, was kind of with this scowl on his face. And finally, he interrupted and he said, big whoop. He said, because what she does with the, with the birthday project is that she goes into shelters. She goes into homeless shelters and domestic abuse shelters and they find young kids, and they, when, when it's their birthday, they have this fantastic party for them. And what he said is, big whoop. He said, the next morning, they still wake up in a shelter. They're still homeless. Mm-hmm. Whoa. She mm-hmm. went home that night, and she really questioned everything she was doing. She said to her husband, is this, is this white privilege? She said, am I, am I setting them up for, for even more failure by... Mm-hmm by experiencing this and going right back. And she remembered the story of Justin and he helped her remember the story of Justin is that Justin was an eight year old boy and often in shelters, the kids are younger. So he was the the oldest child in the shelter and he ended up taking care of everyone else. That was his role. He could not believe this party was for him. He, he, He just kept looking around. No, it must be for someone else because no one had ever done something just for him and she said she will always remember the the growing awareness in his face in his eyes that that someone cared enough for him to do this for him so she continues to do this for the justins in the world and that is where we're going to do the wrap to our next break but but um she was just in time for justin and uh-huh. and and made the difference and so you know what she did the birthday gift she gave to him was hope hope um that things can be different besides just honoring him we're going to be right back we're with sam horn and we're talking about the essentials to being an outstanding speaker is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these the book shepherding concept is simple the publishing world is changing and so must you You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. 
You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need The Book Shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Browse will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with us is Sam Horn, and we have gone through the halfway through the list of the C's of congruent, context, clear, compelling conflict. We're ready to jump on being current. Sam? You bet. It's, uh, boy, and I'll always be grateful to my uh, interns for bringing this to my attention. They were helping proof one of the books I was sending off to my publisher, and uh, one of them looked up and said, who's Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It hurt. It hurt. 
Well, here's the thing is that, as they said, you know, in that book, I had quoted Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, George Bernard Mm -hmm. Shaw, and they wanted to know who these triple name dead white guys were. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's we recency equals relevancy. One of the quickest ways to make ourselves irrelevant is to quote people that have been dead for years. Now, by all means, I believe, go ahead and quote Socrates or Aristotle, but then we better bring in Beyonce or we better bring in Chris Rock because it's, it's, if people feel we're out of date, they feel that we are, um, we are irrelevant. So number one, watch the quotes that we use and balance them so they are diverse and they are current and classic. And I'll always remember I was speaking at a, a conference a few years ago and the, the keynoter opened up with a, a talk about expectations and used the Pygmalion study. Well, now that's a famous classic study, but it was done 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the fact that as, as a researcher and a keynoter, she was using 50-year-old research as uh, the foundation of her talk. It, I just saw people rolling their eyes because it, it was so dated. So uh, hopefully yeah. look over your talk, look over and look, make sure that it's just, just last month in Harvard Business Review. Did you see today's issue of blank? When you are current, you you favorably impress people instead of take yourself out of the game. You know, and and one of the things I'm going to add on, we'll jump to your next C, but that I am a huge proponent to, it always bugs me, Sam, when speakers say, uh, or, or authors, well, I never watch TV, or I don't go to the movies, and I'm saying, I'm really sorry, because do you realize that most of your audience does? And one way to stay current is to know what the hot shows are so you can pull a line that just might be the connector to make you current with them. So it's, it's, it's always a, a pet peeve. All right, we're ready to jump to the next one. Yep, as I say. And by the way, Judith, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about we may not get all these C's finished. So if people mm-hmm. contact me, I'll be glad to send them the rest of the C's. One of the things it says is that current connects is that just as you said, if you quote a a current show that millions of people are watching, chances are that those eyebrows will go up and now you've just connected with them because you have that common bond. So current connects. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Next one, and I've tried to pick uh, in our short time left the, the one that might be most surprising to people, and it's comedy. And now people say, Sam, I'm not funny. And if I tell a joke, it, it goes flat. And that's why I suggest, no, don't tell a joke. Okay. Use true humor. Absolutely. Use true humor. Here's mm-hmm. one of my favorite examples of this is that um, you may know I, I wrote this book, Tung Fu. I, I'm still mm-hmm. speaking on it. That book is still selling worldwide 20 years after it was published. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is because in a serious topic, it has humor. People are laughing. For example, I'm in the San Francisco airport. I'm on one of those lazy sidewalks, and I can't believe it. There are people in front of me who are pointing at this very tall man who's coming the opposite direction. I'm sure he's at least seven feet tall. I'm thinking, this is so rude. There's no excuse for pointing at him and laughing at him. But when he got closer, I could see why they were laughing. He had on a T-shirt that said, no, I'm not a basketball player. No, that is funny. 
isn't it? And I turned to say something to him, and on the back of his shirt it said, are you a jockey? So, see, I, I got to the end of, of the, um, the, the lazy sidewalk, and I, I caught up with him. I said, this is classic. I said, how did you come up with this? And he said, oh, I didn't come up with it. He said, my mom did. He said, I grew a foot between the time I was 13 and 15 years old. He said, I didn't even want to go outside because everyone's got to make a smart aleck remark. He said, my mom said, if you can't beat them, join them. He said, ever since I've started wearing these shirts, I've had fun with my height instead of being frustrated by my height. He said, this is nothing. I've got a whole drawer full of these at home. My favorite one says, I'm 613 and the weather up here is fine. Now, Mm -hmm. see, that goes into a talk because if I'm talking about tongue foo and I'm talking about bullies or I'm talking about difficult people or complaining or arguing, that can be a downer. We need something that breaks that, that seriousness, that gets a laugh, that releases the tension, and then we hook and hinge the comedy back to our topic with three you questions. A hook and hinge is, do you have something that frustrates you? You know, is there something that people say to you that gets under your skin? You know, how about lighten up instead of tighten up? How about come up with some fun foo so never again do people have the power to push your hot buttons? So start looking for what makes you laugh. That's true humor. Then start thinking about how it's relevant to your topic, how you can hook and hinge it to your audience so that in your talk, instead of being deadly dull or serious, that people are actually laughing, listening, and learning. That's that's so critical. You know, Sam, one of the things that uh, I'll, I always try to start uh, my talks with some humor to set the stage. And usually I'm the butt. I may be the butt of the humor. And one of my most popular talks where people ask me to do it again and again, the stories, is how my underwear fell off at a gig. And that, <laughs> um, which I couldn't tell anyone for years. I mean, I was so humiliated. I was, uh, if if anyone called me from Seattle to do a, a, a presentation, I always, oh, I'd love to do it. But I'm booked. I'm booked. My fear was I was on TV. I was in the news. Everybody knew. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, and it's it's really a hoot of a story. But it was a while. But, and, and there's things that you can, we can all do. We all have humor in our lives, which goes back to our own stories. Not other people's stories, and don't tell jokes. You hit on that right away. I think that's always a mistake, especially for women. And here's, here's for people in their books and their talks, here's a 90-second story that once again shows that if you keep your antenna up, because if you think you're not funny, you think, well, I'm out of this one. Nope. A friend of mine was writing her book, uh, Denise Brousseau, was writing, Are You Ready to Be a Thought Leader for Wiley? Well, she looked, she did her final proof, and she said, Sam, it's a great book, but it's just full of of information. There's not a laugh in the book. I said, Denise, think of a time in the last few weeks where you've laughed. And she said, I can't think of anything of what to do with a thought leader. I said, it doesn't have to originally do with a thought leader. Well, she had been at Babies R Us a few weeks before, and she's in line checking out, and the couple in front of her are buying a crib. It's a pregnant woman and her husband, and they're buying a crib, and they're looking at all the instructions, and, they're, and they get up to the cashier, and they said, this looks pretty complicated. Do you think we're going to be able to figure it out? And she looked at him, and she said, well, do you have an advanced degree? And he said, oh, yes, I have an MBA, and my wife has a PhD. <laughs> the cashier says, 
you're going to need to hire someone then. (laughs) Now, that is funny. (laughs) That is funny. It's funny. Now, hook and hinge is that you don't have to have an advanced degree to to, to be a thought leader. You know, do you see how anything that gets a laugh, if it is properly hooked and hinged into your topic with you questions that make it relevant, it is it is the way to balance your how-to teaching information with things that are real-life, true stories that uh, keep people turning those pages. All right, and so with that said, we are like 90 seconds away from closing out. So how do we get a hold of you to get the other two C's? It's easy. Just uh, contact me at sam at samhorn.com. So it's S-A-M as in Mary at S-A-M-H-O-R-N.com. And just ask for the nine C's and we'll go ahead and send. In fact, I did a Fast Company article on how to... You, how to do a, a, a short talk that takes your message, your mission, your movement, your book, your EEE, Experience, Expertise, and Epiphanies Viral. So get in touch with us at sam at samhorn.com or go to our website and uh, request it. We'll send it to you. That's perfect. And, you know, I, for all of you that Sam, what she's gone through is really the detail. I mean, all these, these components – um, that will make up whether it's a a 10-minute talk, a 45-minute talk, a 90-minute workshop, all of these weave through. And when, when Sam was talking about comedy and, and, and the need to use that, I always think of it as a roller coaster. Any talk is like a roller coaster. You're going to have them up and you're going to bring them down, maybe thought, poignant, you know, oh, my God, talk. And then you've got to bring them out of it. And that's what that comedy competitive uh, brings you into the competitive forefront of all speakers. And with that, Sam, thank you so much for being with us on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. You're welcome, Judith. It's uh, You and I both believe in the power of quality books and talks to improve the life of all involved. I hope these ideas have been interesting and inspiring and useful. Thank you so much. All right. With next, have a good Friday. Great. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each